search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. In New York, the search continues for the 44 caliber killer. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Betches Media presents... Tell me we have a lead. Stone Cold, no. It was literally like the Hunger Games. Not another true crime podcast. What can I say? Tough titties. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy, and we are your partners in crime, wine, and time, because we'll be in your ears for the next hour talking about some crazy shit, but this one's a doozy, so we have a special guest with us. You know him as one of the hosts of True Crime Obsessed, which I am obsessed with, but, and also he does a lot of uh, Broadway things that I do want to talk about, but probably a different time, because there's only so many minutes in a podcast. Please <laughs> clap it up for Patrick Hines, everybody. It's Patrick. Hi! Hey. Hi, you guys! Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, we're so excited. excited. You you are a shot of espresso. Like, you woke oh, me up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, you, no, you are a double Americano drip. Like, I'm feeling it, and I needed it, and I'm loving it. Thank you. When, after 3 p.m., I turn immediately into a Stoli orange martini, straight up with a twist. Now we're Ooh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murder teen. I love I that. Like okay, that. we have to start. start I know. We that. need more martinis. Okay, yes. Um, so before we get into this case, which you've covered, so I'm very excited to also hear your point of views on it. We do a little game here that's Ooh. called Headline Hunters. So it's basically, we just see stories that came across this week that really made us stop and think. If you have any off the top of your head, let us know, but we'll let you think on it. Because the one that maybe, I don't know if you saw this one, it kind of caught my eye. Did you see the Craft Send Nudes campaign? No, and I'm no. sad. Okay, so they did so like they did this cute little like PR campaign where they sent packages out and it said send nudes N O O D S. They're talking Velveeta, they're cheesy, they're cheesy. And I thought it was kind of funny. I mean like stupid, but who the fuck cares? Apparently every parent does. Or a lot of parents. <laughs> they think that it's sexualizing mac and cheese, which I'm like, okay. Cardi Beam now makes me get erect when I look at Dasani bottles, because now Dasani <laughs> is arousing to me. So I don't really know if we can blame Kraft for this. But I know, as a come parent, on. what do you feel, Patrick? Um, I'm into it. Like, look, you know, as a parent, if you can't have a sense of humor, like, your job is going to be all that much harder. Just everyone fucking calm down. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Honey, Absolutely. fuck yes. Okay. <laughs> just, like, everyone calm the fuck down. It's just macaroni and cheese. No one actually wants nudes of your children. There are actually people out there who want nudes of your children. Be on the lookout for those, <laughs> but leave this alone. <laughs> I would also argue that, honestly, if you have the right mac and cheese, it is sexual. One million percent. One million percent. <laughs> Uber back into your apartment after five to seven gin, gin and tonics when that mac and cheese is in the bowl. <laughs> That's pay-per-view. That is pay-per-view. Yeah, that is a sexual experience. <laughs> Steve, my husband last night, when we were ordering pizza, and he was like, how much do you want? And I was like, well, I'm not hungry right now, but I'm like looking at the cocktail in my hand, and I'm like, let's get an extra large. <laughs> She's going to be hungry ahead. later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my headline, I think, is equally relatable. It's from TMZ. Cardi B said she's back with Offset because she's crazy and wanted dick. <laughs> I yeah. understand about two words in that sentence. One of them is dick. <laughs> crazy, wanted dick. Honestly, dick. who amongst yeah. us has not? I mean, oh, it, we, and especially month seven or whatever, nine of quarantine, we're texting people from 10 years ago, dick. Like, we're getting like... <laughs> no, I, wait, I, I have a question. Are you guys single in quarantine? 
I'm yep. so alone. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that, what are you doing for the sex? Uh, I have, like, I literally just, I have moisturizers past. and candles around me. I'm just being <laughs> sensual with myself, but it gets tiresome. I'm tired of myself. Yeah. I'm not I fun to date. I, I don't know why anyone would date me. I don't want to date myself. No, I've hit up like a few blasts from the past to be like, okay, I know that you did not go to Florida last week. Like you're decently trustworthy. <laughs> right. And God, kind of like, I can't, yeah. It's like crime and like imagine like the 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 solitude of quarantining alone. You guys are heroes. It's so hard. And now like whenever I'm watching because it's October when I'm watching scary movies and there's like a ghost haunting, I'm like I would kill to have a ghost (laughs) from like the 1900s stalking me in my room. I'm like, please, can we share a sancerre? Like, so I'm not drinking alone. I would love an old lieutenant oh from the wartime to come hang out with me. Totally. <laughs> totally. You, you know, that um, happened to me in quarantine, you guys. I actually, when we, I was, I was saying before we started, I, we fled the city and we went to Massachusetts and like got this little um, cabin for six weeks. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a ghost and it was like the most boring ghost story. He was like a 60 year old military guy in like an old timey military uniform, literally asleep at the table. Holy crap. Stop. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, and it's the story that like somebody on my Twitter heard about it and told their friend at the New York Times, and the New York Times wrote about it, and it is the least interesting story that has since I get the. It's the thing I am asked about the most of anything I've ever done. Wow, <laughs> like that's your New York Times write up. Times. Like, oh, exactly. Do you guys cover ghost stories on your podcast too? Are you guys into that, or do you not touch? No, we're super into it. We do. So on True Crime Obsessed, we recap true crime documentaries. And so it's hard to find good, sp- like one Halloween, like two Halloweens ago, we decided for like six weeks in a row, we were just going to cover like exorcism documentaries and hauntings. And they were also, our listeners at the end of it were like, never do that again. Because it's all that, like that idiot Zach Baggins or whatever on like Ghost Hunters or whatever, oh, like yeah. plywooding himself into a house in Detroit and like hoping that he gets like, you know, haunted and <laughs> the middle of the, they were all so bad yeah like every yeah every ghost documentary is kind of like you dumb bitch just don't go in there like they could all end in five minutes like oh there's a haunted house 10 blocks up turn left like what, what are exactly. you doing exactly exactly oh my gosh well we also do have a new headline that we had to cover a huge update in the scott peterson case um basically yesterday it came out that a california supreme court ordered the re-examination of scott's murder convictions which were for Lacey and his unborn son, Connor. Um, And earlier this year, the court had overturned his death penalty sentence. The reason for this ruling was that one of the jurors failed to disclose that she was the victim of a crime. And basically like her boyfriend's ex was harassing her while she was pregnant and she had a restraining order against her. And they asked like, you know, have you been the victim of a crime? And she said, no. Um, And if you guys watched that A&E documentary with Nancy Grace, our best friend, Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, You will know that this was the juror who was the alternate and replaced someone who else got dismissed, like the crazy lady with the red hair. She's the vigilante juror. We've known this about her for a really long time. She's bananas. You guys, the the shenanigans that went on with that jury, like the whole case should have been thrown out just for that. I'm also, I don't think he did it. I, I'm kind of Ooh. like in that camp. I just think, I mean, and especially from that A&E documentary that like was pretty slanted in the he didn't do it camp. I just don't think the timeline adds up. I, do, I think that Scott Peterson is the world's biggest dirtbag. Like he, mm-hmm. he should be in jail just for being an asshole. But like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he did it, you guys. I really don't think he did it. 
Ooh. I'm actually really torn because there are some aspects that are like super convincing to me. Like the whole, she may have been seen walking the dog yeah. after, mm-hmm. like after Scott was gone and then happened to be dumped in this lake where everyone was like, she's there. Um, but then on the other hand, you have just like the shit that Scott did, which was like telling his mistress that she was dead before she was dead and like weird ass shit like that. It, I and know. Chris Watson. So nonchalant. Yeah. 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 But it, Big it's Chris also Watson like energy. The, yeah, a million percent. But there's also that, like, the house across the street where, like, in that documentary, you met the reporter that was like, mm-hmm. there's no way that, that the date that they say they robbed the house is right. Because yeah. that, like, we were all standing in the street. We would have seen them. Like, those two, yeah. like, the idea that those robbers actually robbed the house the day before and Lacey went out there to stop them and they took her. Like, that's a very compelling argument to me that, like, I think we know could be really be true just based on the fact that like the reporters were like, we were already here the day that, that the prosecutors say they were robbing the house. We would have seen them do it. So I Agreed. just think it's another one of those cases that like, even if he did it, like the, the trial, like he should get a new trial just based on all the shenanigans. Yeah. Especially with 100%. the jury and like all the, the bias and everything like that. It turns out because what we've learned when we talk about the case that our topic this week, a lot of people do lie when asked things uh, that (laughs) fuck up a lot of shit. (laughs) It's so true. And I still think that he should get 25 to life for being a dirtbag, but I'm just saying. Honestly, yeah. I feel like. like, Yeah, conviction and like place to go for just like pieces of shit. Yeah, I feel like calling your mistress at your missing wife's vigil is, it should be a crime. Like, let's code it into the law. That's so. I know. It's unbelievable. Well, okay. So today's episode, I'm really excited to get into. We've gotten some requests for it. It's honestly a real life scandal plot. Yes. I've got to say that Shonda Rhimes. Like, the more we do true crime cases, I'm like, oh, this is just the plot of this show. Right. Or the plot of this show is just this crime. Either so she either she's on the know all the time and, like, really can, in like, get in touch, or she's, like, scrambling the day before something's due, and she's like, boop, boop, boop. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about the mysterious death of Chandra Levy. So just some background. She was born in Cleveland, Ohio, to parents Bob and Susan Levy. And soon after she was born, her family moved to California, which is where she grew up. She went to San Francisco State and majored in journalism and then went on to get her master's at the University of Southern California. And she probably so, got in on her own. No, uh, I was no Lord to say that. over there. Yeah, yeah no fake <laughs> rowing picks for Chandra. <laughs> Um, And then for her final semester, she went to D.C. to intern at the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and she wanted to work at the FBI. Her supervisor was apparently impressed with her work, especially in regards to the upcoming execution of uh, the man who bombed the Oklahoma City Federal Building, Timothy McVeigh. Um, Her internship ended abruptly because she graduated USC in December 2000, so her academic eligibility expired. And then she was supposed to go back to campus to walk for her graduation in uh, May of 2001. And this was when she went missing. She was reported missing on May 1st. And basically because her parents were like, hey, she's supposed to be back here for graduation. And we haven't heard from her in like five days. Um, So they were obviously concerned. 
And well, just like bananas, you know, it, this is one of those things that I say all the time. I make another podcast called Obsessed with Disappeared, which like recaps episodes of that ID show Disappeared. Yes. And they, all of these disappearances take place like in the like late 90s, early 2000s, which is when Chandra went missing. We forget that people like not talking to your kid for five days was kind of normal back then. Like people weren't like the cell phones weren't as much of a thing and texting wasn't a thing. And it's just crazy to think that like it took the parents five days to call the cops when it's like, oh, I guess back then it wasn't abnormal to be out of touch like that. It's so weird, especially because like my mom like is like one of those moms that's like needs to share my location. So she's always like, why are you in a ditch? I'm like, I'm just in the park. So like, I can't imagine. I'm just drinking wine, mom. Yeah, right. I'm drinking wine in the park, socially distant. Right. But, yeah, but it is so weird too that, I, cause I also feel like whatever, like uh, someone around her age, cause she was like a college grad type of situation. Everyone's like, oh, they just ran away. I'm like, why is that always everyone's first? Oh, right. Idea. They're yeah. an adult. They're allowed to go missing if they want to. That never happens. No. Yeah. Yeah, like, where am I going? If I I'm travel, like, I'm going to be posting it on Instagram. Like, everybody's right. going to know I'm going somewhere. You'll be able to see my bar tabs get me from A to B. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, so now after the five days uh, away and everything like that, they do report her missing and an investigation starts. But is it even an investigation We'll get into it uh, because so our family couldn't get a hold of her. Uh, her investigators checked her computer and saw that she planned a trip to this park, Rock Creek Park in D.C. But the main issue is that they found this out like a month after she went missing. <laughs> because they deleted her search history. Like, I was saying when we were covering this, I was like, it's as though I was in, like, I don't know. I don't, literally don't even know how to look at my own search history right now. Sometimes my husband will look at my search history and be like, you know about incognito mode. I'm like, I actually don't. Like, these idiots who, like, go in and they're like, let's see where she was, der derp, der derp, der derp, and just, like, do you know how hard it is to delete a search history? It's my understanding. Like you have to go in and like, you have to click like nine buttons and then accept 80 times. Yeah. And like the little angry and, Mac comes up. Yeah. And totally. I feel like in 2001, there were probably like, it was probably even less sophisticated. Like you probably had to do all these like absurd things to do that. Oh, so yeah. totally. Literally Carrie Bradshaw was the detective here. Just being like, I don't know what a computer is. And everyone's like, hey, why are you working here? <laughs> right. I mean, that is just, and that is just one of like the 50 mistakes these, these idiots made investigating this crime. It's, uh, it, oh, it's yeah. truly like somebody should be in jail for it. I 100% agree with that because it is just full on negligence because they found, so of course, a month later, they found nothing in the park, but because they were searching in the weirdest fucking places. They were looking off roads and not on walking paths or where someone who was planning a hike or a walk to this park would be going for the most part too. Right. And, and I, even though that was like part of what they were like, that was part of the assignment was to search like the roads <laughs> and the paths. And they're like, we're just going to search the main roads. We're going to forget the paths. And then like, so no, so like nobody was looking in any place where any actual human would actually be. Nowhere. And, and then like, they just chopped it up to being like, well, it's a big park. Right. <laughs> That's like, if you, if, if your boss emails you something and it's like 10 pages, you can say, That's a really big assignment. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Right. You unfortunately have to do that. <laughs> right. Right. God. I did read that this park is kind of not what we would think of a park. Like it's huge. It's bigger than Central Park. And I think it's like, it's not just like, oh, there's this nice paved path that we're going to walk around. Like it gets really woodsy there. Oh yeah. Yeah. My husband is from DC and he says it's like, it, it like takes up a major portion of the city. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that, okay. So they, but they could, they could, 
had some flashlights going around. Oh, yeah, uh, it's so fucked up, but it's kind of like when, you know, when you I, think I was park. reading some yeah. Reddit comment that's like, you actually have to plan if you're going to go for, like, a run on this park. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to put my shoes on and, like, and jet. Like, you can get lost easily, like, stuff like that. Well, that's why I don't and know. also, <laughs> like, yes. yeah, exactly. it's like, who even exercises, you guys? But, like, you know, the whole thing, too, about Chandra, like, is also that, like, it, it like, she wasn't a jogger. She wasn't a runner. She was mm -hmm. on the record telling her her friends and colleagues that she was afraid to go to the park by herself for all of the obvious reasons. So yeah. in that in that aspect, like it's weird that they found that search history on her computer. But then like the fact that they like you can search for anything. It doesn't mean that like she could have been looking at the park for any number of reasons, not necessarily because she was going to go for a jog, you like, know? Just to go like Google search it. I'm like, now I'm terrified of two things. If I go missing all my friends saying he's not a runner. And, I just get <laughs> that. and then also them being like looking at my search history to try to tie in anything. I would just, I would be ruined. I don't even I, want. Oh yeah. <laughs> I keep telling my friends that like, you know, on it's like standard practice to put like height and weight on somebody's missing persons poster. And I was like, if I go missing, just let me stay missing. I don't yeah. need anybody to know that information. Don't look for me. It's fine. I had a good life you guys. <laughs> I am gone. Yeah. No, yeah totally. <laughs> and it's kind of a, not surprising because she was this like, a uh, young white girl in DC internship. The case immediately made national headlines, but also made national headlines because of another <laughs> key element of the yes. case that came out. This uh, piece of shit. This piece of shit. So uh, yeah. first, they, when they went to her apartment, they only saw her keys and uh, her key and ring uh, weren't there. Everything else was there, but that's just kind of underground uh, layer of that. But the reason this case made such big headlines is because a number she kept calling ended up being that of Gary Condit, a U.S. representative. Yeah, Hello. like from her home district. And like the yeah. story here is also bizarre because now one of the things that I love about D.C. is that you can like just go see your representative. Like they just walk around. Like, like the idea that AOC just like walks the streets oh. like a normal person, you know? Yeah, like, I with her. Yeah, I need to go down there. <laughs> But yeah, but like, so like she and her friend just went to this, like this congressman's office to say hello. And like the assistant calls the guy out and Chandra's friend is like, girl, I'm looking for an internship. Can I internship for you? And Condit was like, sure. Like, that's just not how that process is supposed to go, you know? Yeah. And so that's how Chandra, that was the connection. She would come and visit her friend and the congressman would just like come out and hang out with them because they're like pretty young girls instead of doing the actual legislative work that his, you know, his people <laughs> sent him there to do. I'm just weird. Weird that an elected official isn't doing what they're supposed to do. Okay. That's right. a, you know, <laughs> one in a million, I guess. Everyone else is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, everyone is now tying him too hard to be like, oh, was there an affair going on? Something was happening. This is very weird. Of course, he was married. Of course, he was also a grandfather. Of course, he was in his 50s. Um, and, like, and he was... He swears up and down there was no affair. Obviously, there was an affair. There obviously he went up and down a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And yeah. I keep saying, like, when we were covering this, I was like, imagine being that dirtbag congressman who has an affair with a young intern and you didn't kill her, but she gets killed. And so you're, you're like, your affair comes to light anyway, you dirtbag. Like, it's not a, not a lot of good luck for Gary Condit in this situation. Not a lot of uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel uh, like if you're having an affair, you need to like have a security detail on your mistress so they don't yeah. end up murdered. A million percent. And I also just kind of feel like it's actually not that I've looked into it. It's actually not that hard to not have an affair. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> it's actually not that hard. I've been not doing it for 28 years. So yeah, yeah. years and years yeah. and years of my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really easy to respect your interns. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And your wife, by the way. And your wife. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the police were, so the police immediately were kind of suspicious of him and, but more so the media of ate this up. Well, also because he kept lying. Like initially yeah. he was just like, oh, this girl came in one time. I met her once and now I'm kind of mentoring her. And the police were like, dude, she called your office like 70 million times. Yeah. Right. Men have yeah, I'm like, media yeah. drag him. Just drag him. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, stop doing this. Stop hiring like pretty young girls to be your interns. Think about, all and I'm not saying that this, this <laughs> young lady wasn't qualified. I'm sure she was. But like, you know, the pro like think about all those kids across the country who are like applying for these like high level DC internships and like doing all the right things to like get this internship. And then this like pretty young woman who I'm sure is also brilliant and deserving just shows up and you just hire her on the spot. Like it's all just, uh, it's such yeah. garbage, you guys. It's such Crazy. garbage, yeah. So, of course, we're, there's already pokes in his story of being like, oh, I only talked to her two times. I feel like that's kind of like when anyone goes to the doctor. I have two drinks a week. You always add five. <laughs> 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 like, you talk to her twice. I we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> you ever, I, I go to a gay doctor, and I'll never forget the first time I tried to pull the, I only have, like, two to three drinks a week. And he just, like, lifted his eyebrow at me in such a knowing way. <laughs> He's like, bitch, I see you at pianos. Like, let's move on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like a bottle of wine is not one drink. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can fit in a glass. It's one drink, doctor. Yes. But yeah. No, we're all fine. Um, yeah. But so, of course, this kind of became the main focus of the case, uh, which even uh, Marsha Clark uh, has talked about this, of course, uh, to AETV. And she said that this storyline kind of hurt her case because they were so excited about the possibility that a congressman had potentially killed his mistress that the coverage kind of went from investigative to tabloidy really fast so it was based yeah. on no evidence and then it was just everybody taught it became more like water cooler fodder versus like an right. actual case that needed to be <laughs> investigated yeah and there then, were like all these rumors that she was pregnant but there was like no reason for anyone to think that like all this kind of crazy so, there was one thing that she had like said to her aunt which like right before she was supposed to go home she was like i have a really big secret to tell you but i want to tell you in person so the pregnancy thing but again you know like that, she's like that could be also me like after i go on a first date telling my friends i found the one you know like it totally. could be anything totally you're like hey guys big news coming up yeah and right. then the next day i'm like never mind right. like, no that was a ghost <laughs> that was the ghost was... sleeping in massachusetts <laughs> right yeah yeah you're like i was seven chardonnays in when i texted you that just disregard disregard <laughs> uh so then um the interest kind of reached like its peak in August 2001 when Gary went on uh, Connie Chung's ABC News uh, interview. Uh, the oh interview was God. watched by 24 million people, which oh my blows God. my mind. Yeah. And he said that uh, he did not harm or kill uh, her and had nothing to do with her disappearance. Of course, that's what he would say, but I mean, also, I, I feel like it is the truth. Uh, so I actually watched like parts of this interview and it was so mind blowing because he just. He kept repeating the same shit and like wouldn't outright say that he had an affair when it's like, dude, we all know you had an affair. Right. And he kept being like out of respect for the Levy family. 
like I won't say and, and like all this all this stuff where it was like bro come on like we know you had an affair just admit it yes. can we also talk about how Connie Chung does not suffer fools like oh, yeah. I love Connie Chung to me is like most famous for her like Tanya Harding interviews oh, where yes. like <laughs> Tanya Harding would just like storm out of every interview with Connie plus Connie's married to that trash bag Maury Povich so she deals with enough shit at home she's not she taking knows, it yeah. when she gets oh, to her man. She's heard wars. Yeah, she can handle yeah. anything. Um, so, but after this interview, of course, uh, the media coverage started to decrease on Chandra a lot because it was right before 9-11. So then kind of every, that, every news article that would be about her kind of shifted to that. Even the uh, her family was saying like no one, all the reporters left, everyone left. And it kind of, they kind of felt like it was sort of just this media circus about this maybe affair and not so much about their missing daughter. And then it kind of just went, dry for a bit yeah until. yeah until may 2002 a year after she went missing when um her bones were discovered by a man who was walking through the park um and they ended up having to use dental records to identify her um and have you guys she- heard this 911 call you can hear it the yeah. guy calls he's like yeah. um hi um, so I just found a skeleton in the woods. Like, he what? does not have the proper level of, like, what the fuck, Natude. I would uh, be screaming. I would be screaming for the rest of my life. Can I say, I feel like I would be like him, though. I'd be like, hi, I'm sorry yeah. to bother you. And I'm yeah. not, like, I don't know. <laughs> that would be like, it could be fake. It's like Halloween. I mean, that would right. be fake, but still. I would be like, I found a body! <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Oh my God, just like running through the park. Screaming <laughs> my head off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chandra's jogging pants were found and there were knots tied at the bottom, which investigators thought indicated foul play. I think that's pretty weird. Um, they did an autopsy. Her death was ruled a homicide, but I didn't find that they knew like the exact manner of death. Did you? I didn't see that either. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think that her body was too badly decomposed to be able to, to to be able to determine that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I would have figured. So, yeah, it did come a year later. Even right, yeah, a random yeah, hiker exactly. had to find it. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, so they didn't really get anywhere at first. Um, police questioned an El Salvadorian immigrant named Ingmar Guandique, who at that time was serving prison time for assaulting two women at the park um no like in the same location and this guy is this guy is i don't think he's the killer but he is human garbage where like he leaves women would be jogging in the park and he would just like they describe it as like blitz attacking them yeah we're like just out of the out of the blue so no charges were pressed against him until um the case was reopened in 2006 because i think like there were two new detectives and they were like this dude just fits the bill so then they were able to dig up this witness, Armando Morales, who was Guandique's former cellmate, who said that he confessed to the murder and planned to doing, and he planned to do it after he saw her in the park. And um, I read that he, okay, yeah, so he, pl- he planned to do this murder. Um, and then gets arrested, goes to trial, blah, blah, blah. In November 2010, Guandique was convicted of murdering Chandra, and he was sentenced to 60 years in prison. So it seemed like everything was wrapped up. Until right? Case closed. Yeah, everything's all good. Until. Another this twist. is kind of what we were talking about with our little redhead vigilante at the top. Some people sometimes yes. just say things. Um, <laughs> so 
uh, per the Washington Post, a uh, recorded conversation in 2015 involving this star witness, Armando Morales. Um, he did a lot of talking. He did a lot of talking a lot about a lot of things. Um, he was kind of talking about how he was involved with gang activity, making shanks, doing all this stuff, kind of uh, what they were saying. It's like it was showing a different side of him, a different side that they saw on the trial. So because of this, because he wasn't like uh, given Hail Marys on this recording call, the prosecutors thought it was enough to dismiss the murder charges against uh, Gwen, uh, Gwendike after hearing the recordings because his claims of threat and violence went against his testimony of being a reformed man. Also, so, apparently there was this woman who had um, like a, a tape admitting that he perjured himself and he said he made it up so he could get transferred to a better prison. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's like, like yeah. I was just going to say that like, you know, we, like we 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 talk a lot about the Innocence Project and we make another podcast that deals a lot with wrongful mm -hmm. convictions and they say that like you know, like jailhouse informants, like jailhouse snitches are the first thing that Innocence Projects look for when they're looking to like find actual innocence for these people that have been convicted. Like if the only the only evidence against Guandique was the fact that this guy said he did it, you know, and then like the trial was really rushed. He didn't speak any English. There was barely an interpreter there for him. Like it was a complete miscarriage of justice. Yeah, and there was like no evidence. It was all like totally circumstantial. And I, yeah, and I feel like we could chalk this up in part, like in terms of even unfortunately current uh, judicial climate that they're like, oh, perfect. We have this person who's not from America that we can arrest and put a bow on and the police gives a round of applause. They're not going to be fighting that too much, unfortunately. Yeah, and like what's so bullshit about that, uh, 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 like in addition to the obvious racism is like, that's not justice for Chandra. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we need to find out who actually fucking did this. Because that's the thing, that person would still be out there and they just right. are not ignoring that because they're getting claps in the back. I know, Sarah, it is funny, the girl, when I read the, I think it was in the Washington Post article, the woman who was doing the recording, she was like, she like defined herself as an actress. And I was like, this is really funny. She's like sliding that in right now that she's like, no, I'm available for <laughs> Well, the weird thing too, is that this woman who kind of threw a wrench in this whole confession, like had also like committed a theft in Pennsylvania, I read yeah. somewhere. So like, all these characters are kind of weird and like, I don't know how, like, I think she was dating Morales and she kind of figured out that he was like a liar and manipulative. So she was like, let me just start recording him, which honestly, smart. smart. And so it was just like, it was all very, like, very weird. And the case was kind of just a house of cards. Yeah. Cause that was the thing. Cause there was like, cause she was, he was like staying at her house while she was away watching the dog. Yeah. The dog. She was like, and then he like sent her a photo of her business cards. And then she's like, I keep those in a locked safe. Something's yeah. off. And I was like, I'm mainly like, that's sketchy. I'm like, like, dirty why John. are your business cards in a locked safe? Yeah, like, why is it that serious? Like, I can't know your work phone number, your yeah, landline. I'm like, fax it, yeah. <laughs> but um, so they, with uh, the Washington defense lawyer who watched Morales testify in 2010, he said about this, the guy who said he was now reformed, one of Christ's apostles, uh, is clearly not uh, changed at all. And it comes down to his general credibility. So, yeah. And then it's kind of this uh, thing too, the tapes are hidden, of course, which is kind of annoying because I would love to listen to just like what they were saying and anything like that. But what it came down to be in July, 2016, the case was fully dismissed. Uh, Chandra's mom doesn't really trust the woman who, and I mean, I kind of, I don't, I, I, if I was her mom, I probably would also be kind of like, I don't trust this bitch who I finally had an answer from my kid 
and I'm still just left with questions. So the case was dismissed. Yeah, well, I also listened on, um, I think it was Crime Junkie that like apparently of these tapes, they were saying that he admitted to lying about a bunch of stuff, including the confession, but that portion of the tape, like they didn't have a recording for it. So I'm like, what? Like everything you have a recording for, except this like big smoking gun, like that seems shady to me. This case is the like story of just everything being deleted. Like why is everything... (laughs) Like right. nobody knew technology. It was 2002. Come on, you guys. It's and it's so... also like with all of the heat on this case, how was this case never solved? It's so crazy. Yeah, I really don't get it. And I don't. I and like I mean, I'm like I feel like the main issue, and it's kind of what we touched on, is that there was such that negligence for the first effing year. Yeah. Where, like, and I mean, like every stone just went cold. All the DNA went cold. So much, just they missed their chance because yeah. Of, yeah. They're fuck-ups, yeah. And somebody knows. I mean, like, that's the thing with all of these cases. Like, there's somebody out there who knows what happened, you know? And it's always a matter of, like, you know, will they have the, you know, that moment of, like, okay, this is the right thing to do. We have to, you know, rat out my son or rat out my husband or whoever it was, you know? But, Mm -hmm. like, that's there's always somebody who knows. Yeah, or someone at a bar talking about how they did this, like, five years later, drunk out of their mind, and you're like, okay, well, now you have. Yeah, Yeah. so basically the ending is really... um, unsatisfying so we have on the one hand gary who never admitted to the affair lost his career still married to his wife um and he ended up losing his re-election bid in 2002 which was a big deal because he had like never lost in many years bye bye, bye gary <laughs> try yeah. sears yeah bye. And on the other hand um we had guandique who ended up being deported rather than being retried so um and we, and we still don't really know what happened there's still no justice for Chandra, I would love to get your guys' thoughts on what you think happened, because I truly don't know. I think it's so weird. I mean, like, you know, some of the some of the things that we didn't quite get to were like, why, like, why was she there? Like, she ran out of her house without any of her stuff. They also yes. found her Walkman, which, like, is also, like, was she out on a walk? I mean, she, like, left, I want to say very early in the morning. It was, like, 4.35 a.m. that she, like, ran out to go do this thing. And, you know, and so, like, why was she there? Was she actually killed there? Or was she just, pardon the word, but was she just dumped there? You know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so frustrating that there is, it's just, it feels unknowable to me to, to, to know what happened. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of conspiracies. I mean, my conspiracy side is, like, Gary had something to do with this. But there's no real evidence. And then yeah. there's, like, a theory that maybe she was going to meet someone in the park. And then there's other people who think like maybe it was just a crime of opportunity. She was running. Um, but I, don't I know, know I don't think she was running. I mean, I, it feels to me like she was going to meet somebody in the park, and then maybe it was a crime. But then it was like so if the person she was going to meet didn't actually meet her because she was killed by somebody else, you think that person would come forward and say like I was supposed to meet her, right. unless that person is Condit. Like. Was she going yeah. to meet him? He legit didn't have anything to do with the murder, but he can't tell anybody that he was going to meet her because why would you be rendezvousing with this woman that you swear you didn't have an affair with, you know, like basically mm. in the middle of the night? That is so true. And I also do feel like it's one of those things, I mean, like, cause I am a Shonda Rhimes bitch. So I watched yeah. a lot of scandal. <laughs> where I feel like when you have people at the top, they have everyone who does their business under them that yeah. they might not even communicate that about. I wonder if there even yeah. could be something with that as someone like, I gotta cut, we gotta cut this cord now. And especially because it's clear that Cassandra had such a career ahead of her in 
politics and stuff like that, that like her name, like they can't just be like, okay, well she did an internship for like a semester and then she'll be gone. Like she's probably going to be going back to DC and they would continue it. So it could even be a thing where yeah. one of Gary's people were like, we need to make sure he stays reelected. We need to make sure he moves on in his career. We got to cut this cord. Oh and I feel like politics God. does not give a shit about anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah. Is, there, is there no security footage anywhere? Like that's what I'm so confused about. Like she. No, like, there was there was there, security footage was, um, yeah. at the at the uh, apartment building, but because the cops didn't actually get onto the case for a week. I mean, the other thing too is that it was the dad already like called, deleted. Yeah, the dad called and reported her missing, and the cops didn't take it seriously. And then he had to call back. And by the time they got to her building and got the security footage, it was, or yeah, it was recorded it's over. So oh because God. we live in a country where, like, everything, like, that stuff is recorded over every 24 hours. What on earth is that about? I don't get yeah, that. Yeah, what's the point of even having it? Why yeah. even have it? I know. It's unbelievable. Because that, that's literally just to, like, watch, like, paint dry. Like, truly, yeah. that's the only yeah. thing that that's helpful for. <laughs> I know, yeah. and we were saying when we did this on, on True Crime Obsessed, we were like, put it on the cloud. Like, we know we can, we can store this stuff yeah, forever Yeah, let Reddit now. take a stab yeah. at it. I feel like we've solved a lot of cases this year. I that's think true. Reddit there can do be, it. There could be a few more. Yeah, I know. This, yeah, I would, that's I, true. I know. I would love this case because I feel like it is one of those cases that's unfortunately, like, it could have been wrapped, like, understood and solved very quickly because there's not like a ton ton of moving parts with it and so much stuff was there but i feel like it just so much time passed that i feel like it might just remain cold so crazy i know, I know. yeah i feel like there are also like so many all these theories but there's no like there's not a lot of evidence that we know of one way or the other so i'm just kind of like i have i have like no theories yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like, they all sound equally probable and improbable, but, like, the conspiracy theorist in me is, like, I like the scandal plot line, and I'm going to go with that one. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate white men in power, and I like scandal. So, like, that's my... Right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this has all the makings of that. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this case. Oh, it's a, Patrick, it was a doozy. This, this was a doozy. Thank you so much for coming on. We really had so much fun. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was fun to revisit this. It's so nice to fun. I just said fun to revisit this, you guys. We're talking about a murder. Oh my God. Listen, I, <laughs> these the people listening understand that. Yeah. And for yeah. everybody who, I mean, you guys, you're true crime obsessed. Everyone is obsessed with it. But if not, if is there a case or an episode that you think people should, for their first episode, jump into lately that you're like, oh, this is a fun one? You know, I always, I like to point to um, our episode on this documentary called Grizzly Man about a guy who uh, went to Alaska to like live with the bears for like 17 summers. And oh then God. eventually the bears ate him because of course. And oh my so, God. I know. It, it was Wait, But he lasted 17 years. That's kind of 17 impressive. summers. He were, or maybe it was seven. It was, it was, maybe it was only That's seven. That's like a summers. Taylor Swift song. Because I, 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 I would 17 last like seven hours. Bears and they ate me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. It's been, and he took so much footage that you have so much footage of him with the bears. But it was wow. made by a documentary filmmaker named Werner Herzog, who's really famous, but also crazy. So the whole, it is, it is the craziest documentary. And I think it's, it's probably my favorite episode of True Crime Obsessed. Ooh, oh, I'm legit fun. going to listen to that right now because I yeah. have questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, and I love the documentary. The documentary is so good. Ooh. Oh, I'm excited. That's oh, awesome. Cool. Is yeah. there one, if you could solve one unsolved case, which would you have? I always say, like, I really want to know what happened to Maura Murray, you know? Mm. Like, that's a big <laughs> one for me. But I also really want to know what happened to Heyman Lee. Like, I, like oh, I, you know, yeah. like, oh. those are the two that I, that I really want to know the answers to. Yeah, those are big ones. Yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah. Wow. And also before we log off, where can everybody follow you, find you, love you? So you can find True Crime Obsessed wherever you get your podcast. Uh, same for Obsessed with Disappeared. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Patrick Hines underscore. And my last name is spelled H-I-N-D-S oh underscore God. on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody yeah. go check it out. Patrick, thank you so much. Thank we had a blast. Thank you so much fun. Thanks, you guys. This was so great. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at NATCPod. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening oh to us. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. And you can follow me at, at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with K. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Betches.